Hello and welcome back to the conclusion of the matter. Uh, Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14, Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. I am Ren Ferguson, one of your co-hosts, and joined with me again, as always, uh, is Ryan Weaver and Robbie Santiago. Uh, we're glad that you guys have tuned in. And we are looking forward to this study here today. Hope that it will be beneficial and encouraging to you. If you ever have any questions about anything that we discuss here on this podcast, feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at the conclusion of the matter at yahoo.com, or you can message us on Facebook, or you can simply uh, text one of us or approach us at worship or Bible class, whatever the case may be. But if you have any questions or if you have any topic suggestions, uh, we welcome those as well. Uh, but for today, we'll go ahead and get into it. And Ryan, why don't you tell us what we'll be looking at? Certainly. Um, we're going to do our next installment of Message Behind the Music and where we look at songs and look at scripture references and the messages that the songs give us, right? Um Today we're going to look at actually two because they're, as we call them, one-liners, yeah. um, but um, and they're newer. What I would say in rel- in relativeness to the last one, which was yeah. eighteen hundred and something. But also uh, at the same time, they're you know a couple thousand years. Like yeah, yeah, fair. The words yeah. themselves, especially yeah. um, the the first one, is straight. I, I don't right. even think there's additional words. The other one, yeah. the, the the verses have bit. some some liberty there but um the first one is uh the steadfast love of the lord and it was written not the words but the words in the arrangement of the song were 1974 so with me being my age that song's still older than me but still relatively young we'll yeah. say and the other one is teach me lord to wait which i didn't really realize had the words were originally written in 1953 i think the arrangement of the song in our book is from 92 so that's a little newer mm-hmm. but it focuses on, um, you know, Isaiah forty thirty one, and steadfast love of the Lord focuses on um, I forgot, oh, Lamentations, Lamentations three. three. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with the steadfast love of the Lord, and I think I broke it up just kind of into a couple statements. I mean, we could look at it as a whole, or we could break it up. I'll, mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys want to do with this one. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. So I mean, it starts out with the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Um, I did a quick search on i think it was bible bible study tools.com for steadfast steadfast love and i think that phrase in itself is in the in the esv 191 times um and i looked up what steadfast meant because that's a word that i don't think i use in my regular everyday vernacular right no. I, I just don't say well that's pretty steadfast right there they may have um, in 1974 they might have yeah um it means resolutely or dutifully firm or unwavering and i think that we see that god's unwavering love there and ceases was another key word that i that i keyed in on there which means it never stops no matter what right. you know and and you know you can go to john three sixteen for god so loved the world I mean, it's not just, he just didn't love Wren, he just didn't love Robbie, Ryan, he listened, he loved everybody. Mm-hmm. He doesn't necessarily love the way we act sometimes, but the yeah. love never ceases. Right. And I think, I think really, because uh, going through this, and I encourage anybody to do this who wants to, just read the whole book of Lamentations, because it's only five chapters. 
but looking at this whole book in and of itself, typically we ascribe this to uh, Jeremiah because he's called the weeping prophet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jeremiah, of course, prophesied until the destruction of J- Jerusalem or Judah in 586 AD by the Babylonians. And really the majority of this book is him lamenting the sins and the destruction of the children of Israel. And what was interesting is, obviously, the first couple of chapters deal very heavily with the sin, deal very heavily with the destruction and the judgment that came from God. Uh, Chapters 4 and chapter 5 do the same thing. But it's also interesting because in the first part of chapter 3, leading up to what he states there, what the song is based off of, Especially what he says, if I can find the verse, oh, especially what he says there in verse 18. Oh, I'll back up to verse 17. You have moved my soul far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. Remember my affliction in roaming the wormwood and the gall. My soul still remembers and sinks within me. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. What's interesting is, you know, he's lamenting the sins and the destruction of Jerusalem and Israel and all of the things that they had gone through. And he describes there in verse 17 and 18 kind of this, he was approaching hopelessness. But then he says in verse 21, as I just read, this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope, which leads right into what we just talked about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's saying, even though we have committed all of these sins, even though, of course, we're facing the judgment of God for them specifically, he still has hope because the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Yeah, he kind of has, as we've talked about, that aha moment yeah. like the prodigal mm-hmm. son had. We've all had at one point. Um, is I think it's pretty cool that we see that same story then, right. but we see it today. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that non-wavering love that God has for us that doesn't stop. We We can't do anything to make him not love us. Now, not saying we can't sin and not be right with God, right. but he still loves us and wants us to do right. Right. And going along with that, I don't know, y'all might have this as well, but looking at that reminds me of what Paul writes about in Romans chapter 8. Uh, towards the end of that chapter, uh, he says, starting in verse 35 of Romans 8, "...who shall separate us from the love of Christ?" Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And to your point, while he's talking about, of course, the accusations, the persecutions, those things that they're going to have to face, how none of those things will separate them from the love of God, I would also add to that list sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because going back to what he talks about in Romans 5, what you were talking about, what we mm-hmm. see here in Lamentations, there's nothing that's going to stop God from loving us. Right, right. And I think that's, I, I focused a lot on that word steadfast as well. I felt like you were reading my notes just a minute ago because I like I like how the definition there and I had made a note that it was about 200 times that it mm-hmm. had um, been brought up in the Bible. And that even kind of led me to kind of another independent study on how many different people 
that it's like kind of referencing in God's steadfast love. So not only is it for us today, but even throughout the Bible, I had down here Joseph in Genesis 39, 21. I had the children of Israel several times in the book of Exodus, but in Exodus 15, 13, Solomon in 1 Kings, David uh, in numerous Psalms, uh, Job, Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 63, Jeremiah, who who we've mentioned in uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, Daniel and Daniel 9, Joel and Joel chapter 2, Hosea and Hosea chapter 2. And that steadfastness is brought up a lot in, a, in the book of Hosea as well. Jonah at the end of the book of Jonah in chapter 4, Micah. So there's like numerous, not only is it in numerous times, but it's also like so many different people that have kind of had that aha moment after being kind of in the low of yeah. lows and they've yeah. relied on God's steadfastness and his love that doesn't end it. It is unwavering. And I just thought that was kind of an interesting study kind of within our study here. Yeah. And I, I think that what makes that really cool is we can see that other people have done it and were successfully came out of that low, right. as you guys have called it, right? right? And it's not, it reminds me of, um, not exactly, but, you know, First um, Corinthians 10, 13, you know, you, your temptation is, is not something that isn't common to man. Right. You know, it's the same mm-hmm. principles. Other people have dealt with this before yeah. and have successfully dealt with it. But I think that God's love is, you know, it, it never ceases. And, and I think we've, we've said that. Um, the second second statement, you want to move on to that? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I had one uh, more thing yeah. I was going to add. In Psalm uh, 136, this was another, um, another one that I had picked up on, but in Psalm 136, verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. So I know we were talking a little while ago that it almost reminded me of a different song, but like how many different psalms are referenced exactly. in so many yeah. of these? Like it's... I don't know if you're familiar with the song Give Thanks to the Lord, I assume is the title, but another one that uh, just comes to mind. And there's so many different different other songs and other psalms that are referenced yes. in God's steadfast love and His unwaveringness, and uh, mm-hmm. many that I'm sure we'll kind of be getting into over the next yeah, few weeks and, and stuff. Yeah, especially as we continue in these next st- these next lines Stanzas. of this song. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it are things that, that you can find in other psalms as well. Um so moving on, we'll just say his mercies never come to an end. And then I threw there new every morning on that because mm-hmm. um, what's interesting about that is the way I look at it is, is new every morning doesn't indicate that the prior ones ended. You know, it's just additional ones. Right. You know, and I immediately think of things like um, God's patience and mm-hmm. God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15, where he says, count the patience of our Lord as salvation. And in that context, he's talking about he's patient in the fact that he has not sent Jesus back because he wants more people right. to come to repentance. Um, and the one we talked about when we did sin, Micah chapter 17, Ma- Micah chapter 7, sorry, there is no chapter 17 if you go look for it. <laughs> Keep um, looking. Yeah, chapter 7, verse 19, at the, end of, in the, at the end of that verse, he says, you will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. The forgiveness of God is a mercy to me. Right. It is one of his characteristics that is not giving me something that I deserve, which is you know the textbook definition of mercy. 
I had Ephesians 2 in here, and it kind of mentions how we lived a certain lifestyle, but then in verse 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. So definitely something that we were destined for, you know, punishment, and instead he was merciful toward us. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's, there's really, there were a few things that were coming, popping into my head while uh, y'all were talking. Uh, one of which is like in Exodus chapter 33, I believe it is. Uh, let me see if that's the right verse that I'm thinking about. It might be in chapter 34, uh, whenever, uh, God passes before Moses and he declares uh, his name before Moses. And he talks about, of course, what you were mentioning a moment ago, Ryan. He talks about the his mercy, how he, of course, extends that mercy to all of those that ultimately are repented. And also, like you talked about uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, he is rich in that mercy towards us. Something interesting, too, that I think about is in the New King James. I couldn't find that exact passage in Exodus uh, right now. But but something in the New King James in Lamentations 3, it records it a little differently. Instead of saying uh, his mercies never come to an end, he actually states there that through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. And going back to what you were talking about, Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Mm -hmm. And Jeremiah is pointing back to that hope that he has where he's like, okay, if God wanted to, he could have completely wiped us off, but he didn't. Right. And so because of that, that it, it, it illustrates me his mercy and mm -hmm. gives me hope. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of, of a very predominant um, Old Testament teaching of the remnant that was to be preserved for the children of Israel. Uh, like Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 9, unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. I think Isaiah discusses it more in Isaiah 10. Jeremiah talks about it again in, in Jeremiah 31, I think it is. And there's a lot of other verses that, that teach that as well. But going back to his mercies, it's because of his mercy, while it is very true that that applies specifically to the children of Israel, going back to Second Peter 3 and verse 9, right. it's because of yeah. his mercies that even we are not exactly. consumed. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Good point. Um, the new every morning, I have a note there that that to me means fresh. Yeah. And, and I know that this is kind of a silly example, but, you know, to me, there's nothing like a, a fresh pair of socks. <laughs> And the older I get, the more I enjoy socks. But um, that's a very old person. It thing is, but hey, you know what? Fresh socks are amazing. And there are times where it's like, I'm like, we're I'm out of fresh socks, so I got to put on a pair that aren't as fresh. And it's just like it's just. So me, when I get when I see this, it's like God's mercies are fresh. I mean, to me, it's like that's how that's how good they feel. You know? right. And I told you it was a silly example, <laughs> but to me, freshness is 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 great right and, and it's god's not giving us some here here's leftovers you know right. he doesn't do that yeah and no i agree i agree and and to me it's ren always has fresh socks i don't <laughs> i don't know what that means but uh to me it's it's that idea of of almost like you're starting over every day like yeah, you've got right. yeah. a 
clean slate almost, you know, that kind of, unless we're living in sin and open rebellion to God, obviously, but we've got that clean slate. It's a new day. What we did yesterday, if we're living faithfully, those things, and of course, if we repented, those things are forgiven of us, whatever it may be, those mercies are new. And, and it's, I think it's so hard for us to wrap our minds around that because you and I, it's, it's, not something that we should do, and I know we tried to not do it, but it's hard for us to not keep record of wrongs. Yeah, agreed. But for the Lord, it's every day is a new day. Mm-hmm. Every day well, His mercies well, are back to 100%. If they were never agreed. lower than that. But, and I, mm-hmm. I, but, but the cool thing is we don't have to wait till tomorrow morning. No, exactly. You know, because because as Christians, we can we can go and say, I need forgiveness right, right. now. And he's not gonna say, "Well, you gotta wait till tomorrow morning." So this this has a little poeticness to it, right? But as which I'm very thankful for because you know if you mess up in the morning, you got a whole another day to right. wait, you know. But <laughs> but God lets you start with a clean slate. I think that's a great yeah. a great a great way of putting it, rather than my sock example. So <laughs> just reminds me of like having a fresh start, and even it's like. It's like if you had like a notebook that you had been taking a class and writing notes in and then you turn to like the next page and it's like completely clear and you mm-hmm. can kind of start over. And I had a few different people. I know like this is definitely not an exhaustive list, but there's so many different people throughout the Bible that we could look to that their life was going a certain direction direction, and then they kind of turned the page. They had that fresh start because of God's mercy. But I have on here like Jonah, mm-hmm. you know, he... It's like God told him to go, and he's like, eh, I'm going over here kind of thing. And God's like, eh, actually, no, you're not. Um, but you had him, Samson I had on here, David, Paul, Peter. So people that we've all heard of that had those times in their lives that they you know, didn't, didn't obey God, right, yeah. but then they had that fresh start. So um, I think a lot of times, sometimes we kind of can sometimes pity ourselves in the situations that we're put in. Um, and don't realize that, that that we also, just like these guys, can can turn things around the very next day if we wanted to or the very next minute if we wanted to, uh, and God's mercy does extend yeah, to us too. Exactly. So. I finally found that verse in Exodus 34. It's verses 6 and 7. Uh, he states, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So again, God declaring his nature to Moses here. Obviously, the second part of verse 7 is more so his justice and the repercussions of sin. But the that part in verse 6 and the first part of verse 7, keeping mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And I'm just thankful that we serve a, a gracious and a merciful God because I've, I've told, I've said this several times, if I were God, I don't think the world would exist right now if it was me and my current character, <laughs> you know. But I'm thankful that God is far more merciful than I can even imagine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I think that's true. Um Let's just move on to the next, if you're good. Yeah. Um, I just went with great is thy faithfulness because to me, this screams how faithful God is. And I think you can look at that a couple ways. Um, I look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 
And starting in verse 4, you know, Paul's talking about giving thanks that God, the grace of God, um, talking about gifts in that situation, but also that they're not lacking any gift. And, and so that they are, I guess, prepared or live in a way that they're prepared when Christ returns. And then he, his verse 9 was, God is faithful by whom you were called into fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The point there is God will... He's made a promise to you that if you do certain things, He will reward you. And He, as we've looked at when we did the armor of God, He's given us all the tools we need to remain faithful. He's given us the Word that trains us into righteousness. And He says, if you do this, if you follow this, if you use this the right way, you're mm -hmm. going to be rewarded. Right. And you look at the promise He made to Abraham, to Isaac, and we see in Romans chapter, what is it, where he, where Paul says... The promise that was made to Abraham through his seed is actually in Christ, right? Yeah. So his promise was kept. God keeps his promises. God is faithful. And that's what I see is we see here his mercies never come to an end because he's told us that. And he's going to he's gonna keep that promise if we do our part. Right. It reminded me almost like the first line, so the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases and then great is thy faithfulness. It's almost like in terms of application, they seem really synonymous mm -hmm. there because, uh, again, because we both kind of went the definition right, route. Yeah. I think of a lot of the same words like I had down here, unwavering, never changing, consistent, reliable. And when you think of God's faithfulness, Dependable. I think of those same yeah. words, particularly like reliable, unwavering. So just like God's love is unwavering, like so is his faithfulness toward us. And right. I had down 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 13, where it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So even when we're having those moments in our life where challenges have come, God's right there with us. He's, again, unwavering. He's consistently there. Mm -hmm. So, And I think part of that is he's, he says there that you can get through this because I'm not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, right, but also right. I'll provide a way that you can get escape around it, it escape yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And that's the faith. That's that, again, right. that promise right, or right. a promise. Yeah. And I think, didn't you mention 1 John 1 a moment ago? No, I did 1 Corinthians oh. 1. Oh, 1 Corinthians 1. Uh, well, I, I thought of 1 John 1. Kind of I had that along. one down for mercy, actually. Yeah, but. mercy, but also what he says there in uh, verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful yeah, and just to forgive us our sins yeah. and to mm -hmm. cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which also reminds me of what is written in Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Now that verse is talking, we always emphasize where he states the fact that without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and of course, we always emphasize that you have to believe in God. You have to believe in Christ. But he adds another thing on to the end of that. We must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We have to believe not only in God, but we must believe in his faithfulness, which mm -hmm. Jeremiah is declaring to us. And I'm also reminded of, of Hebrews chapter 13 uh, there in verses 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my help, or I will not fear what can man do to me. Kind of going back to what you were talking about a moment ago, Robbie, and the general principle of 1 Corinthians ten thirteen. Regardless of what we're going through, whether it be a temptation to sin or whether it be a 
trial, a tribulation, whether it be one of those low points that Jeremiah had obviously gone through and the children of Israel had gone through, whatever it is, if we're remaining faithful, of course, to God, he's always going to be there for us. And I think I think we're going to look at this in the next episode, but I think that also kind of goes hand in hand with what is written in Isaiah 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that Second uh, Thessalonians chapter three, verse three. Um, uh, Paul writes there that, but the Lord is faithful; He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Kind of going along the same lines of the message He gives with um, where you were at in First Corinthians chapter ten is that He had again and again He's made this promise that I will, and goes along with where you were at. The Lord will not leave you nor forsake mm-hmm. you. Right? If you are in His on His team, He is going to protect you right? right and and i think over and over we just see that message mm-hmm. and even in the promise that christ made specifically to the apostles when he was sending them out in the great commission and lo i'm with you always even to the end of the age mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no matter what we're going through if we're working and living for god he's with us even going to another example of that is matthew 18 um, whenever he is dealing with church discipline um, he states there in verse 20 of Matthew 18, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. A lot of times we apply that passage to worship, but in the context he's talking about enforcing church discipline in essence. And what he's saying there is if we are doing his will, if we are following his will, doing what he has commanded us to do, he is there with us. And of course that it's always encouraging and comforting and, and strengthening knowing that kind of what you were talking about, he's on our side or yeah. we're on his side, I guess I should say. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's his side. I think the other thing is it tells us the difference between God and man mm-hmm. because man is going to fail us. They're going to – man's going to lose their faith at times too, right? And God is never going to lose that faithfulness and and someone we can depend on and i think that as soon as you put start putting your faith in man and not in god we and we've said it before you're putting yourself in a a situation to be let down yeah Mm -hmm. and that's even something that uh jeremiah references in the book of lamentations again i'm trying to find exactly where that verse is but he was talking about and he made a couple of statements along this line how they're in essence, their lovers had turned against them and how they had gone to Assyria and Egypt for bread, but they, they got nothing. Though they were supposed to be their Helpers, allies, yeah. yeah, they did nothing to aid them. And that's that's exactly right. Sometimes we put too much confidence in man mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not enough confidence in God. Right, and I think, again, all of all of this kind of reminds me that we need to remember our why in a lot of things like where we get our encouragement and our strive to persevere through temptation through life and it's again it's god's steadfast love his mercy and his faithfulness and Mm -hmm. i mean if you don't have those three things to motivate you then i don't know what will because again it's not going to be the world it's it's not going to be like people because people are just going to let us down like you had said ryan so the other th- one last thing I had Second Peter not to go there again, but Second Peter chapter three verse nine, the warning there is it's not that God isn't going to fulfill a promise, He's just going to do it on 
his time, his time right and that's yeah. something that we need to be mindful of and i think we'll get into the uh, next song yeah. a little bit mm-hmm. with that yep. um did you have another verse ren for the god is faith i mean there's a ton no. i'm sure well, i mean but... yeah there's a ton i was just looking to see if i could find that exact oh, reference okay. i was talking about a moment well, we ago. can move on and then yeah. if you think okay. you find it yeah. we can go back to okay. it. robbie did you have anything else on no that was okay. about it so the next the next part is the lord is my portion says my soul therefore i will hope in him so i was looking at this and i'm like you know, when we talk about portion, generally we're talking about mm-hmm. the part of a whole. Um, more most of the time around dieting, watch your portions, right? <laughs> How much a portion of this do you should you really eat? But I, I found it interesting that there is a, and a lot of times I look for old definitions of words, um, just because of the time frame when these words yeah. may have been been used. Um, and there's an archaic archaic that's an interesting word definition that it's someone's destiny or lot in life, like their future. And it's like this, I'm literally saying God is my future, or God is in control of my destiny. And I don't mean that in a, that he's going to, you know, lead me to what I'm going to do, but he's in, I'm going to let him guide me. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like he is, I'm putting my trust in him. Right. And it kind of gets into that, um, we believe that he is going to help us throughout and into our future. That's why I have the ability to have the hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought these two portions kind of went together. Cause he says, therefore I will hope in him or therefore, you know, so it's kind of like, right. and I, and I also think of, of it being used a lot of times, like whenever the children of Israel came into the land of Canaan, and they were dividing up their inheritance. Well, that part of the land was their portion. portion. That was their, their part, lot. That's yeah. what they received. That was everything that they had. And so I kind of think of that in a similar light with what he's saying here. The Lord is my portion. He's my everything, mm-hmm. which reminds me of Philippians one twenty one: For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of that idea of regardless of what's going on around me, regardless of the turmoil, regardless of the captivity and the persecution and how horrible things had gotten for them. He's saying, like you're saying, I'm going to put my trust in God. I'm going to be faithful to him because in the end, he's my portion. He's my everything. Mm -hmm. I kind of like came to the same conclusions, but in a different way, my brain can be an interesting place. (laughs) But like when I was thinking of the word portion, it kind of like, made me think of food, right? Any excuse to think about food, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then that reminded me of in Matthew chapter 5 on the Sermon of the Mount, a verse we've all been familiar with, uh, that that blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be satisfied. So pursuing what God expects out of our life is going to be the the correct portion. It's going to satisfy what we had. Also also had on here, uh, I focused a little bit on that word hope as well. And in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19, it said, We have this a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. So it just reminds us again of our, of our why, because of what Christ has done for us, that we have that hope in God that's going to anchor us, that's going to secure us, and it's, again, going to satisfy yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went I went to a verse that doesn't have the word hope in it, but it screams hope to me in the fact that it's Romans eight twenty eight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. 
It doesn't say that everything's going to be good in life. It just says it's all going to work towards good. And it may be just the afterlife. You know, there may be things that, that here on earth may not work out like the way we want, but if you remain faithful, and here it says for those who love God, right? And people can say, well, I love God, but what mm-hmm. does Jesus tell us how we really love him? Mm-hmm. If we keep his if commandments. If you keep his commandments. Yeah. So there is some requirement there that, that we have to, you know, again, follow the rules. Um, but we have that hope, and, and you know, it's just all, this whole song, I mean, and it's so, sh- I don't want to say so short, but it's, it, there's it's very a, profound. There's a, there's yeah. a lot of meaning behind it. Um, but did you find that Exodus or uh, not Lamentations yeah, passage? Yeah, the, the verse that I was thinking about was Lamentations one nineteen. It says, "I called for my lovers, but they deceived mm. me. My priest and my elders breathed their last in the city while they sought food to restore their life." And he again, he kind of hits on that kind of principle a couple of times. Of well, I think it's interesting because yeah. he, based on that, they put their trust or their portion was right. other people or yeah. other things. And they put their hope in that and yeah. it failed them. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I had on here, I think we've kind of like danced all around this verse here that I think parallels we're, we're really, really not dancing in here, guys. Robin, <laughs> yeah. It's a figure of speech, but anyway. So First Peter 5 and verse 10 uh, says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you so again like it's not going to be all butterflies and roses all the time they're going to go through things but then look to god who's going to give you that source of strength and is going to establish you because again of his steadfast love his mercy uh this hope that we can put in him so Mm -hmm. and and i always like to emphasize the fact that biblical hope isn't wishful thinking it's mm-hmm. an expectation expectation of yeah, and better things so yeah. when we're talking about hoping in in him or when jeremiah is talking about in lamentations 3 which he 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 looks at this i think uh later in this chapter and kind of towards the end of chapter 5 if i remember correctly ultimately he was expecting that deliverance from captivity because that's what god had promised it, again it's that Trusting in right. the promise is going to be fulfilled. Yeah. yeah, and for us, of course, that's not from a physical captivity, but freeing us from the captivity of sin, John eight thirty one through thirty four. But ultimately, having that hope and that trust in God's faithfulness that He is going to give us that reward of eternal life, which Paul talks about Titus one one and two, I think it is, where God cannot lie; He promised mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. eternal life before the ages began, or, or something to that extent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that just wraps this song up in a nice bow or in a package with a bow, I guess, because when you look at it, at a, if you look at these individually, you may say, oh, they, they have, but all of these went together. When we right. talk about them, it's like we went back and we tied that piece to that piece and this piece to that piece, and again, there's a big message in this song. Um, I think we're going we're gonna to actually do the next song in the next episode because we had way too many notes than we thought we didn't know. But um, a good discussion on this song. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, um, check us out on Facebook at the conclusion of the matter. Send us a message, like us, um, but also send us an email, the conclusion of the matter at yahoo.com or, you know, like we said, if you attend uh, here or you know us individually and you, you can get a hold of us individually, let us know. We've already got several topics on our list from people. Um, so we're 
we're queuing them up, so we're we're getting them out at some point. But anyway, thanks again for listening, and we will we'll see you next time. Yep. I guess we could say oh, that, that is. Oh, I forgot yeah, the yeah, forgot the, and that is the, the conclusion, conclusion of, of the matter. matter. Thanks, Ren. <laughs>